Welcome back, ladies. This is part two of the episode with Dom and Brian, and this is the second episode where we're talking more about, you know, actually bringing men into this beautiful world, coming into unionship, the feminist stuff, feminine energy, masculine stuff, doing the work, all that politically incorrect jazz basically is what we're talking about today um this is part two so if you haven't listened to this if you haven't listened to part one of this episode i'd highly recommend that you go back and listen to it otherwise it's not really going to make much sense so go back and listen to that one if you haven't already um and a reminder that time is running out to join queen alchemy time is running out to come to new york city so um jump on those if you are feeling the pull and always listen to your heart in that regard because your heart always knows best And I hope that you love, love, love today's episode with Dom and Brian. Um, They're such incredible men and I'm excited for you to dive in. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF certified women's life coach. And I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Pausing before the reaction mm. also will make the woman in this scenario check in with what's true with her. Yeah. So the reaction is, no, fuck you, I don't need it. Mm. But why? Where is that coming from? Where is that wound coming from? Right, it's now a wound. We're yeah, about, it's true. Now we're talking about the work, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, like here, here's, here's my truth. I'm going to make this up on the fly here. But my truth is I don't want your jacket right now because you don't offer it to anybody else and then everybody else seems cold. I don't want to seem like the singled out woman. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden now I, if I'm the guy in that scenario, understand her truth. I don't feel ashamed for doing it. And I've learned something. Mm. That my action of giving can, in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, make a woman feel singled out. Yeah. Got it. Good information yeah. all the way around. Yeah. So I think that that's the difference. And you're, you're, what you're referring to, Monica, is that, that anger, that reaction. It's a that trigger. Wound in place, that it's trigger. a wound, yeah. And so the, the daily work that I do, like literally my daily mantra meditation, mm. is the purpose of my life is to let go of my stuff. And I don't mean my stuff, my physical possessions or my dreams or anything like that, yeah. but my stuff when I'm triggered. Yeah. When I'm triggered, what do I do? And the first thing I try to do, don't always do, <laughs> that I try to do is just take a breath, take a pause, mm. relax my body. Yeah. And then go. Yeah. And then decide what I want to do. And that has served me very well. I think they can serve women well too. Oh, 100%. I have trained myself. So I'm a type 8 Enneagram, which is, I mean, add that with like a lot of Sag in your chart and it's just like, whoa. Dear, dear God. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so the type 8 Enneagram is the one that often gets perceived as being a bitch. Very strong boundaries. We've never, pe- we never people please. Very outgoing, very confident. And then I've got like a lot of Sag. So it's just like, it can get me in trouble sometimes. Anyway, when I like before I did this, um, it would get me in trouble in terms of when somebody would piss me off. I would react, and, and actually, this wasn't necessarily like a trigger, but like let's say for example, okay, an, an example. I came back from New York after my first trip this year and found out that my flatmate, his friends had slept in my bed, and that really pissed me off. So the old me would have just had an absolute screaming fit at him and gone wild because he lied to me about it as well. And then it was only when my mum questioned it that I was like wait yeah and then I questioned him and then he finally told me the truth and the old me would have gone fucking ballistic the new me 
so cool, calm and collected that it almost pissed him off more. Mm. Cause I was just like, I just want to let you know, like that makes like, that's just not cool. Like all you had to do was send me a text being like, Hey, I've got some friends over. Can they sleep in your bed? I'll strip your sheets after, you know, I would have said yes, but he made the assumption that I know Monica will say yes. So why do I have to ask her? And then lied about it. So the old me react reaction, get angry, but I've taught myself even with a type eight Enneagram that I can actually breathe and stay really cool, calm and collected. The benefit of that is that I don't get myself riled up because I would have, if I got myself riled up in that situation, then I would have been so angry the rest of the night and it would have thrown me off everything. But because I could, I've taught myself to stay cool, calm and collected in situations like that. I don't get thrown off by things and I don't get, and I'm not, the whole day isn't ruined because I've gotten angry. Same with road rage. Someone cuts you off. What is the point of yelling at the person in the car? Like you're the one that gets angry. Just be like, what a dick. And then move on with your life. Yeah. So I love, I love this because the point that you're making is that we're not just being cool, calm and collected for the other person. Oh no, it's for ourselves. It's not just, yeah. And so if we look at every single trigger that we have in our lives as an opportunity to expect ourselves and react differently, that's, that's literally, that's the work. Yeah. Like when yeah. we talk, we open this podcast with what, like the inner work, that is the inner yeah. work, right? Yeah. Trigger, great opportunity to learn, breathe, relax, decide. Exactly. Yeah, that's one, evolution. That's the inner work. One of the uh, exercises that I run my clients through, and I just did this with a corporate client a few weeks ago is if you have these recurring complaints, right? Say a recurring complaint is you know, men just don't understand or men are just too dense. They don't listen mm-hmm. to me or whatever it is. I right? could just be like, or I have too much work. I'm not ever have time for myself. Whatever the recurring complaint is that you say you want it to be different, but like you continue to have that complaint mm-hmm. because like your behavior hasn't changed. Then it means that there's a payoff that you are getting by staying in status quo. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. let's use your example of like, road rage, you know what I mean? And like, why would you do something like that? Well, you may say like, I don't want to be as angry with road rage, but like you continue to get fucking furious and lose your mind. Well, one of the payoffs is like, you get to be right. You know what I mean? You you get to have righteousness. So like you flipping out, let's say at your flatmate for lying to you in the, in the past, Mm. then you could have like stood sturdy and been like, this motherfucker lied to me. <laughs> I get to be right. And every time you tell the story, other people are like, oh man, what an asshole. And then you get yeah. to further entrenched mm. in your rightness. And there's like a, an ego hit every single time you tell a story. That's what it is. It's an ego hit, right? And it feeds your ego. Yeah. But as soon as you like drop the need to feed your ego, and this is kind of what I say, like when, when you actually know deep down, like in that scenario, I was right. You don't fucking let people sleep in my bed when I am not in the fucking house and then lie about it. But firstly, he actually blamed it on my flatmate, my other one, and then lied to me about it. In that scenario, I am correct, right? Now, because I know deep down that I am correct, I don't have to prove it to him. I don't have to yell at him because my because my like I am correct from my soul, and I and my ego doesn't need the rush because I'm like you don't need it yet. You don't need him to acknowledge it, nor do you need like fifteen other people to weigh in and tell you how right you are. Like you just know, so you can drop it and you can like cycle through that much more quickly. Exactly. One of the other payoffs that is like really important to understand because this hits at the heart of everything that you're bringing up today is the payoff of reinforcing your identity, like mm. what you currently believe yourself to be. And so much of what you're talking about is, well, if I'm supposed to be an empowered woman, my identity of being an empowered woman could potentially be threatened yeah. by not blowing up at a man when he offers me his jacket, by mm. letting this quote unquote slip 
yeah. versus like calling him out on the mat and and letting him know how wrong he's been then like what a shitty feminist I would be. Correct. Right? So the identity thing, mm. you're, you're like what a lot of what you're talking about mm. is challenging the the deepest entrenched payoff, which yeah. is you're actually trying to get someone to change who they see themselves at their most foundational level to be their identity. Exactly. And that can take a lot of conversations from a lot of different angles before mm. someone really gets that message. Because also when you're changing your identity, you also have like a massive identity death or an ego death. And it's like it's like this week, sometimes too for some people, where like my clients are like, I am crying like crazy. I'm so fucking exhausted. Like I just want to like punch somebody in the face. I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally normal. Like that is your identity death. And a lot of people sometimes when they're doing the work they can they can get really close to it and then it, they they feel it and they just like go Run back away. to their old yep. ways and so nothing ever happens and even like people's identity can be ingrained into them from their mums like I used the example last night of like if you were raised by like a single mum like all like congrats to her like that's great but I mean like if she was all like you don't need a man like women are the best like I'm so independent and like this like kind of all coming from ego you will believe just naturally because when you're a child, you you know you bring on everything that you um, hear that that's how I should be as well. Should be. Should exactly. That's how I should be. So then that becomes your identity, and to believe anything else of like a man can help you, and it's actually really delicious to have a man in your life. That can be like, no, but mum didn't say that. Like, I'm fine by myself. And a lot of the time, we won't even know this is what we believe because it is so deep down but it, it does play like it does show and it can show in like you creating arguments in your relationship for example um so yeah the identity thing is like Massive. the key thing all here yeah, yeah. I, like Dominic, I like that looking at the payoffs mm. that really resonates because when I, when I said earlier in this podcast that some of the, the my inner work started when i realized that the things i knew for sure were right might be otherwise might not yeah. be right right that was that was the starting point in which I had to look at some of my old patterns. Yeah. And when I look at my, some of my old patterns is I, I dated a lot of different women. The sex in every single one of those relationships got worse with time. Yeah. <laughs> the best time was the first time. The best time was the first time. The second best time was the second time. The third best time was the third best time. And you can imagine what the 150th time looked like. Wow. <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I'd break up, you know, at month six to month eight. And I was like, wow, I am seeing a real pattern here. <laughs> What's the deal? Now, I never looked at it. I, I knew there was a pattern. I knew I wanted something different. I never really looked at what the payoff was. And the payoff, if I'm looking back at that scenario. Can is, I guess? Yes, please. I, I believe the payoff would be just this excitement of newness. Like you get to start that over again. And there's like that rush an exhilaration of a new woman, the hunt, the chase, the ha you know, that first sex, and then knowing that you could just start it up again anytime you wanted. Right. And what that told me about myself is actually I'm great at sex. It's them who's not. Oh. <laughs> because I know I can go do this to someone uh, else. Right. And the sex is going to be great again because it's their first time. So it was, it was a payoff of an ego boost of, yeah. oh, I'm great. So that, I would it's put that as ego. identity. It's, them. it's identity. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, absolutely. I'm I'm the yes. stallion. She's That's the right. boring one. Yeah, she got boring. Cool. Mm. Right, it's got all it. of them. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so in terms of the man bashing, I want to hear your guys' perspective. What does that feel like? Or what are like, 
yeah, like let's say you're sitting or you're, you're sitting at, um, at a restaurant and you can hear the women on the table next to you and they're all just like going at it about all the men they're dating, like fuck them all, they're all dickheads. How would that feel for you guys? I'm gonna, can I hit this real quick? Yeah, please. Um, in that situation, I think Brian and I, if we were having dinner together, as Brian and I sometimes do, <laughs> is we probably look at each other and be like, wow, there's a lot of pain at that table. Yes, mm. right. Like we would right. get that. Where there's yeah. a lot of pain at that table. Yeah. And I, I, before, I'm going to bounce this over to you in a second. But mm. one of the things that Brian and I, being oftentimes the only two men in a room full of women who are talking about these issues, yeah. one of the things that we've noticed is that you could set a clock to, like within the first 10 minutes, someone's going to bash the patriarchy. Right. So someone's going to say something about the patriarchy yes. and they're going to say it as if like there aren't men in the room yeah. and that, 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 that aren't a part of the patriarchy that aren't supporting that. And there's like, there's some oftentimes like no recognition of that. There are men here that, that don't subscribe to that. Mm. So there's this blanketing of the patriarchy and the patriarchy has been come, become synonymous with all men. Right. Right. And what Brian and I are very clear about is the patriarchy is not all men. It's the immature masculine. It's the mm-hmm. wounded masculine. It's mm-hmm. actually the enemy of healthy masculinity. And when we talk about masculinity of creating environments where ourselves and others can thrive, that's what masculinity is. Yeah. And so I think what, what to kind of bend your question to something I, I've been wanting to say for a while, which is for, for the groups of women who have men that are coming to their events... To, to, yes, like you can talk about the evils of the patriarchy, but also invite us into the conversation mm. who have shown up. Exactly. Right? And like, and see us. Yeah. And speak to the fact that like we are not a part of the problem, that we're a part of the solution. It's kind of almost like climate change. Like all the young people, we want to get rid of climate change and we're actively trying, but we're at, we're at like a bit of a roadblock because the people in the most amount of power are the older generations. Yep. And I feel like it's a little bit similar with the patriarchy thing. There's so many young men that are like, of course it's equal pay, like duh, for example, with equal, equal pay. And that's something to me where I'm like, duh, yeah, of course it's equal pay. Like we're both humans. We get the same fucking job done. Um, but there is that problem of we have the old generation a lot of the time running these things. And that's kind of what I was saying before of like this assumption that all men are out to get women with the patriarchy stuff is bullshit because I feel like now a lot of men are the opposite. Mm, yeah. Like a lot of men are like, of course it's not fair that women get paid less. Like we do, they do the exact same job as us. Um, yeah. What's I, your... I want to provide a warning on that. because mm. I want to go back to the topic that we had at the very beginning of this podcast related to age. Oh yeah. So a, a fear I would have is if we're not conscious and continue to hit on this and continue to speak on this is that in... 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years that the leaders of our countries, the leaders of our organizations, although they came from a younger generation, they might not still have this consciousness. There's a mm. chance that, that that type of leader could still elevate to a position of the president, to a position of, of CEO. Yes. And so while I agree that there are a lot more men and younger men that are growing, out, growing up without the beliefs of the past, I still believe to be it's important to stay vigilant. Yes, on these a topics. ton of work that still needs hun- to be done. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. healing work. Yeah. Instead of man bashing, it's healing yeah. work. It's understanding stuff. Right. Yeah. Hey, Dominic hit your question really, really well and deeply. I'm gonna hit it more shallowly. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> 
because uh, I want to go through my own evolution of, of I think, maybe what I would have thought. So the yeah. scenario that you gave is yeah. I'm at a restaurant and we I hear women bashing men. Yeah. All men, all men suck. They're all pigs. They're all whatever. Yeah. Right? And I think there's, there's a stage that I'm not totally sure what, if this is a linear progression or not. But uh, today... I would agree with Dominic. We would look at that like, ah, there's a lot of pain there. Yeah. It's sad. I would feel sadness. Yeah. Right? I would feel sadness. Feel sadness, right? Yeah, like my heart breaks when I hear women like bashing on men. Right. Yeah. Right. I think before, uh, now let me take, a, take an, an evolutionary cycle back. Mm. The Dominic mentioned earlier today, like you've got good guys and you've got bad guys. I would have put myself in the category of good guy and all the guys that they're talking about is oh. bad guys, right? So I would have had a sense of pride, a sense of like, oh, like I know who they're talking about. Those guys are dicks. Yeah. Okay. Guys, I see that. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. So, that, so that's one evolutionary cycle back. Cool. Another evolutionary cycle back. So now we're two cycles back. Now we're two cycles back. Right. <laughs> two standard deviations away from. <laughs> we we'll use math. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Is one of which was a bunch of angry bitches. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Bunch of angry. They don't even know what they're talking about. Like, they're never gonna get. That a must guy. be a nightmare to date. Nightmare to thank God I don't know these women. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Go away. Okay. You know. Yeah. That and I think that that uh, there also could have been something in there of just ignoring and being like, meh, whatever. I don't really care. Yeah. Like, ah, eh, they're idiots. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I think there there is dismissiveness. There's anger. There's me putting myself in a better place. Mm. And I think there's, there's now what I would feel in that moment is sadness. Yeah. Sadness and, and a wanting to help. Too. Right. Yeah. yeah. I would fucking want to help. I'd want to pull up a chair and be like, ladies, <laughs> we all need some fucking feminine healing. <laughs> Bring me some cacao, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And then I wanted to ask another question before when you were talking about what you're talking about with the sex stuff. And um, oh, I Did really you say sex stuff. Yeah, you were gonna. I was gonna ask a question. It came up when you were talking about um, you would date a girl for like six months, and then you the sex would get worse and worse and worse. And I was gonna ask something along the lines of what. Oh, I can't even think of it now anymore. I don't know. Tell me, tell me if this if this kicks it. Yeah, kicks it off. yeah. Is the question around like, well, now what? <laughs> how does it how does it happen now? Yeah, I think I was going to ask. Let's just, we'll start talking about it again and we'll then okay. come back. Okay. So in those scenarios, um, oh, fuck, I don't know. Okay. So in those scenarios, <laughs> you are dating a woman and it gets, yeah. the sex gets worse and worse and worse. Right. And you said before, actually, like, so you're good at sex and she's the bad one. Right. Now, worse, yeah. yeah. So now what would you say? If, if the totally. sex was getting worse, would you, now what would you say? Oh, this is, this is, you're hitting the, the best point of all of this. Okay, right? great. Because before, the belief that I had was, I'm really good at sex. Yeah. Therefore, it's the woman that's not great at sex. Yeah. And therefore, I need to find better women yeah. that know what they're doing, that are better at sex, that whatever that meant. That meant I had to do no work. Right. Mm. right. That meant I had nothing to learn because I was already great. Yep. And okay. so now, to answer your question, now the belief is, 
It's actually my responsibility. It's my responsibility to understand, to learn what she's really into and yeah. to really feel what I'm actually into yeah. versus what I was told I should or shouldn't be yeah, into. Yeah, because the sex actually gets to get better and better. Better and better. It, it should. Be- like it the best time is usually the worst time. Yes. <laughs> but think about it. Like a society that, that we're currently living in, yeah. like sexless marriages, mm. I was ready to sign up oh. for like I'm never getting married. You, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. Okay. So... Politically incorrect again, that's queen of that. Um, divorces. So in my mind, like obviously it's more um, acceptable to get a divorce. So that would also be why the divorce rates are up. In my mind as well, I feel that because there is so much wounding, no one takes responsibility. Nobody wants to actually do healing work. There isn't good communication and relationships and divorce is easy now. So it becomes an easy option. What are your thoughts on like why divorces and yes, the rates have increased because we now can get divorces. What are some other ideas that you guys have of why divorces are at like an all time high? Well, you're asking two single guys that have never been married or divorced. This is just your have idea. a lot of opinions. Neither have I, neither have I, but I've got my opinion. So I want to hear yours. Okay. So if I had to, to, to just speculate based on my own life experience, I think you kind of nailed the big ones, which mm-hmm. is it's easier, it's more socially acceptable mm-hmm. for sure. I think the deeper symptom of it, the, d- the deeper issue is people just don't know how to communicate with each other. Yeah. They're also stressed out of their minds based on the speed of their life, based on the responsibilities of their life. In many cases, there's kids that are involved. There's yeah. multiple people working. They're fucking tired. And so when they come home, there's this belief that, everything else in their, in their life is hard, then sex shouldn't be hard. Working on the relationship shouldn't be hard. And therefore when it becomes hard, it's like, well, fuck, here's just one more thing. And so they tend to kind of go off in their, their own separate directions. At least this is what I see from a lot of the clients that I, yeah. that I coach. And resentment. Uh, and resentment yes, and deep, is such a killer. So for men, like the way that resentment shows up oh, is, yeah. um, I, I don't have freedom mm. anymore. And mm. it's, it's, I have to check in all the time with my partner. I can't just go and do this thing. And men really value our freedom. And for women, that's you operating from a very wounded mother archetype. So women have our different archetypes like men do. And one of them is the mother. And if you're mothering your man, like the sex is obviously going to stop because I don't know about you, but like, I don't think you should have sex with your mom. <laughs> like, yes, that's a fair statement. Yeah. Same, same with like your therapist. Like if you become his therapist or like if you become his coach, like technically you shouldn't really be having sex with your therapist or your coach mm. and there shouldn't be romance between the two of you. That's going to stop as well. Um, so yeah, perfect. Awesome. What was your thing? Yeah. Dominic mentioned the word communication mm. and <clears throat> What I've noticed in my relationships is the depth which is needed for a relationship to evolve and continue Mm -hmm. to evolve is way higher, way more massive than anybody gives it credit for. Yeah. And there's a feeling often that I've had this feeling before of like, well, if it's a good fit, it should just work. Yeah. It should just happen. And when I look at dating now, I look at like, well, why do we date? Like, why do we date? Like, why don't we just get married to somebody? I find you attractive. Mm. I find you attractive. Let's get married. Well, what are we doing in that time in which we're dating? Yeah. And I feel as though it's practice. Mm. It's practice. I mean, when we start, let's just say like the relationships that I've been in most recently, I don't have any kids. I have, let's say a, a steady job and we have a lot of time on our hands. 
so there, and we can get deep on understanding each other. Mm. We can get deep on how we want to communicate. Now I do know that later in life, a little bit down the road, things could potentially get more stressful. So how many evolutionary steps, going back to the Mm. evolution thing, how many steps have we gone through where we've already figured this out through deep communication with each other so that when those life things do come to us, we're ready ready for it. Yeah, and you know each other. And we know each other. And that requires a level of transparency, a level of death, a level of vulnerability. Yeah, I about to say that. That can only happen when pressure is added to it. As I said, I just earlier on this podcast, I just got back from a vacation with my girlfriend in Italy. We were out there for 11 days. There were some stressors that just happened yeah. through travel, through getting the map right, through trying to find the right boat to get on in Venice. Like, <laughs> the 75-year-old Italian man hitting on your woman. 75-year-old multiple Italian man. <laughs> service was great, though. You get three waiters instead of one service is great. <laughs> <laughs> but, and the food is good. And the food is amazing. <laughs> so, But there are just stressors that happen. Yeah. And it's how are we going to handle those stressors. And then those aren't, don't become big deals anymore. They yeah. become nothingness that we yeah. can handle something new. And so I, I think that either we're not taking ourselves through the right test when we're dating or we stop going to that level of depth when we get married. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like for women it's also – because what was just coming up for me when you were saying that was like, for example, like in Europe – I met my parents when I was in Europe because for my cousin's wedding and like I was just so stinking hot the whole time. And when I'm with, when I'm with other people and I'm hot, I am a grumpy bitch. Like – like mum and dad were well aware of it. And then we get into aircon. I'm like, oh gosh, I feel so much better now. I was so grumpy before. And they're like, really? We couldn't fucking tell. Like, <laughs> Anyway, so mum says the ultimate test is going to be traveling in the heat with your uh-huh. husband to see if yes. he can withstand Monica. Anyway, so in scenarios like that, I feel like also a lot of women would really not allow themselves permission to kind of not create those tests, although women do create tests, but to kind of be them full selves because they're so afraid of him leaving and him not being able to handle it. But to me now, I'm like, no, it's a fucking awesome test because if he can't handle me when I'm grumpy as hell in the heat, then great. Bye-bye, Felicia. You're not my man. Um, And so I feel like with the test things as well, we don't give ourselves permission to do that in the beginning of a relationship because we're like, no, no, got to make it strong, got to make it strong. But it will then – it'll happen eventually. Well, the wound wound is I don't want to be my full self here because if they see that full self, they won't actually love me. And then they'll go away. Correct. And then we have abandonment. guess what? It will happen eventually if you don't do it in the beginning. Like it will. Like all wounds come out. So like get it out. Yeah. Be ourselves. And then when we get married, there might be a better chance at a better (laughs) – (laughs) yes exactly amazing okay i have a story i'd like to share something cool that happened this week i love stories so uh i've been a part of this john wineland kendra kunoff coaching program for the past six months and we're working on info on that please yeah it's awesome so if if you like it's called the embodied relationship training course it's where men and women are coming together in, in a group to work on the masculine and feminine energies learning how to like polarize your relationships and for men who want to work on their masculine, there are some men who want to just work on their feminine. Mm. And there are some women who come who want to work on their masculine, but it's yeah. mostly like men are in their masculine, women in their feminine. Yeah. And I've been a part of this small group for the past few months. There's like six of us in there. And there's four women in the group. No, five women in the group, I'm sorry. And the you're other good. day... You're, you're, the, the, you're the only guy? No, there, there's seven of us total in the group. Okay. There's five women okay. and two of us men. Okay. And the other you're, you're day... You're doing okay, man? You're doing all right? I'm loving it. All right. Yeah, <laughs> if I was one of those women, I would not be. I need the ratio to be the other way. Ah, <laughs> uh, the ratio is fantastic. 
Um, now, <laughs> I asked the question the other day. We were on a Zoom call together, and we ha I had a few minutes that was directed towards me to ask any question I wanted. I said to the women here, um, you've gotten a chance to know me over the last six months. What is one thing that you would want more of me? Like, what do you want me to see more of from me? Mm, I love and that. as soon as I asked that question, all of them lit up. Like you could see them jump through the screen. Like each one of them wanted to answer it first. So first, that, that just gave me the signal of, wow, that's a really powerful question. Really just powerful ask, question. What do you want to see more of from me? And, and I'm, we're going to talk to our guys about this because yes. they need to hear the power of it. So each woman went through and shared some stuff. Now, contextually speaking, these women are all very powerful, strong, conscious women who are embodied, who know the masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. And so some of these answers like may be shocking. The first woman said, Dominic, I trust you so much. I just want you to tell me what the fuck to do. Mm, fuck yes. Control is the hottest thing ever. Now to a feminine, like to, to someone who may be a feminist uh. hearing that of tell me what the fuck to do, that, that could just set off alarms, yeah. right? And what she's actually saying is she has total control because she now knows that she can trust me. And it's mm -hmm. her choice to say what feels good for me is to just be able to take off the responsibilities oh, that I wear like all day long and mm -hmm. just you fucking tell me what to do, mm -hmm. right? There was another woman who said, Dominic, you're so sturdy and dependable and I can trust you. I can relax when I'm around you. And I also feel like there's a tension around your heart. And I would like to feel a relaxing of that so, so I could feel your heart more. There was another woman who said along those lines, she was like, I feel an in impenetrability about you where, again, I can trust. So the theme kept coming up like trust or whatever. But she was like, I want to be able to find a way in. You know, like, a, is there a messy part of you? Is there a vulnerable part of you that like I can find my way in into your world because I know that you can find your way into ours. And there was an, like the two other women who went, um, both just wanted to see that Dominic, show me the part of you that doesn't give a fuck about anyone else's opinion. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Right, because like, like you do a good job of you know, asking and, and being um, thoughtful and pulling other, drawing other people into conversation, but I want to get to, I, want, I would love to see you just say, this is the fucking way that it is. Mm. And a lot of the feedback that I got from them is the exact opposite of what I've been told uh, like a, an evolved man mm. should be. Mm. And a lot of what I've learned in that workshop is that women are, because I'm trustable to them, that I have a lot greater latitude to do some of these things that actually feel pretty good. Like there are times where I just want to put my fucking foot down and say, no, this is the way it's going to fucking be. And I don't care if Full you don't permission. like it. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> right. And, and then I didn't, that's the word is like, I didn't yeah. realize how delicious it was for them. Mm. Again, they don't want this for men that are fucking unrefined mm -hmm. that haven't done the work, but from a man who has, who they trust I've got latitude, man. It's about the trust. I didn't recognize how much I had that. Yeah. Like, let's say, for example, like, um, if you're dating a guy and you really trust him and he just sends you a text being like, be ready at 8 p.m. and there'll be a dress that gets delivered to your door at 7. And Wear it. And, that, and that's it. And you have to wear it. I would just, like, fucking die. Like, even just saying that, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's that control that we want. 
well, majority of us want from men. And that's not a control in like, like, for example, you can say submissive and it's kind of two sides of submissive. There's like a choice to be submissive, but that's coming from like a conscious choice to be submissive because as a woman or a feminine woman, you want to be able to surrender and for a man to take control. And then there's also can be obviously a wounded place of being submissive of not speaking your truth. There's obviously always two different sides to the card. Um, But in that scenario, it's like for a healed woman, there is nothing that feels better than to be like submissive and just for a man to like do everything for her and take control. Like I can't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. And the one in that case is not being controlled, but they're the container. She's choosing. She's choosing that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, And like, for example, that woman, let's say some random. Okay. So for example, the guy that I was telling you about before that I dated a long time ago that hadn't done the work and I went on the podcast, um, he, on our first date, he took me camping. Probably not the smartest thing to do. I did not feel comfortable. But at that point, I was like... Was it, was it hot out? <laughs> um, because that could really yes, it be was. It you. was. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> that, that being a rough way. Anyway, and like, so it was our first date, right? And I'd flown to Sydney because I lived in Melbourne. I'd flown to Sydney because he wanted me to come up. And I was like, amazing. Came up and he was like very good at the whole like, no, he knew how to treat a woman in terms of like surprising her and blah, blah. Picked me up from the airport, took me to his house and we were like getting ready. And I kind of had guessed the camping thing, but he was like, I'm not telling you what we're doing. I'm just going to take you on a surprise. Then I found out it was camping and dad was like, give me his full fucking name. Like I need to know who this guy is, of course. Right. And, um, and I, at that point of where I was in my life, I didn't jump to the conclusion of he's a creep. My perception was he wanted to take me um, somewhere where we could just be us two. We could get to know each other. It'd be fun. It'd be an adventure. Like it was a nice drive to get up there. Like, you know, not just like a, like the classic dinner date. He wants to do something different. Right. Which I really appreciated. In that scenario though, like if a random guy that you did not trust, and I'd already known him before I met him at Tony Robbins, whatever. So like I had a pretty good feeling about him. And, but if a random guy that you did not know was just like, we're going camping, I'm going to take you camping, I'd be like, no. And the woman that I was talking about before that would say yes to the control, that woman can also has the power to go, actually, we are not going to go camping, but I will absolutely do something else that feels better for me, like choose something else. But right. again, gives the control to him, but it's like, mm, mm. no camping. That's, right that's the scenario. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many... So one of the big parts of the, the this training program yeah. is like we have to write our taboo fantasies. And I've heard oh, that's 25 women's fantasies mm. who... They're the authors of these fantasies, right? So like ultimately in control. Yeah. And everything that you've heard, like being taken over, completely yeah. submitted, being told yeah. what to do, being yeah. chained up, being having a line of men... Taking, yeah. taking whatever they want from her. Like all of the things that you've been told like women would never want when there's a, a feeling of safety and mm-hmm. control and authorship, I've seen there's quite a desire for, for, for all of that. Yeah. Not for every woman. Like everyone has a different and unique way of going about it. And when I started to actually go down the road of like trying to understand why were so many of these submissive fantasies there of just being like taken and ravaged and by multiple men? Ravished. That's a good word. That's what you want to be fucking ravished. ravished. Like wanted. Yep. Yeah. And there's a lot of different answers for it. But one of, one of the big ones that came up was getting out of the mind and experiencing pure sensation. 
Mm. Right. So it's like when, when you are completely out of control, you have to surrender. And then like all of this activity and action is coming at you. Then women have this ability. The feminine has this ability from what I'm learning to actually like lose the mind and be pure sensation, pure feeling. And that is something that can only happen if there's trust that's in place if it's happening from a place of heart openness, yeah, not woundedness. Yeah, because I was going to say with this, like to quickly pause on what you're saying and then play again. Yes, as long as there is a thousand percent trust in the relationship and there's no deep wounding that she hasn't healed. So for example, if there's like really deep down some wounding in her in her subconscious that won't let her surrender, the sex won't be enjoyable. Correct. But if she can fully surrender, the sex will be fucking mind-blowing because our bodies as women are like starving for pleasure. Yeah. Like we're we're starving for pleasure. So in that scenario, like, fuck yes. Yeah. And many of these taboo fantasies never want to be like women, a number of the women who've read them are like, I never want to live this out. Like I I never want this. And there are some who are like, I do want want this. They want that end state. Yeah. Right. Right. But but it's been fascinating for me to see like when someone feels safe, when they trust, what's really the desires that are really under there. Yeah. But this requires doing an intense amount of work and going into vulnerable places. Yeah. I could see the aftermath of some people who have read their taboos and there's like a lot of rawness. There's tears that come down. There's sometimes shame after having read them for having that fantasy. I know like when I read my taboo, there were parts of me that had shame around it. Yeah. You know, so it's, so you have to be willing to crack yourself open. It doesn't have to all, all happen at once. It can no. be bit by bit. No, but that's beautiful. And also, and that woman that is so ready for like, for example, that fantasy, she's also the woman that if it was getting too much, she has the, she's, she's got the power in her voice to be like, stop. Like that's that woman of like, she's choosing to fully surrender. And in any moment she can choose to also like draw a boundary and not be in that toxic submissive where she lets a man do things to her when she's not giving permission. This is full permission. And like, it's just, even I'll say to my clients sometimes, like you're on an orgasm ban, you can't have an orgasm for a whole week. And so then because they're not focusing on that or I'm like, you're not allowed to have sex for a whole week. They have the most mind blowing sex because they're not focused on it. They're just... They're in their body. They're out of their head. They're like, oh, no, don't have an orgasm. And so they're not focused on that end result and they actually get to experience what they want to experience. Mm. And it's crazy how many times my clients will say, like, I've had the best sex of my life because I've learned how to surrender. Mm. And, like, women just, like, can't surrender these days in bed. They either have their to-do list going through their head or they have these deep wounds around, like, fear of pregnancy, fear of, um, you know, fear of him him leaving after like those like deep 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 fears until you clear them like you won't be able to have the relationship you want to have because you won't let yourself go where you want to go or it could be performative too I mean, yeah. I see a lot of it's it's she's not exactly enjoying it as much as she shows that she, mm. she's just trying to perform yeah. for based mm. on like what we've learned from porn or what like she thinks she has to or she's doing a dance or putting herself in a position that maybe she doesn't want to because she thinks that she has to yeah um, and we play through a lot of that again in in the in the the, the John Wineland Kendra Kunoff program. Not not the sexual part of it, but like there are times where you'll be sitting in a chair, and it's her job to just transmit what's going on inside of her body. Mm. And you can tell, I can start to tell where she's really in her body and experiencing pleasure, and when she's just trying to perform for me like a strip tease or something mm. like that to get me aroused. And, and like there's a very quick shift that I can feel because I'm attuned to it where when she steps into performative, my energy and connection for her drops. Mm-hmm. When she's in her pleasure, there's nothing sexier. 
And I think for women, how you can kind of feel that is if you're focused on him, then you're not in the right place. But if you're focused on what you feel in your body, then you're like in your body and you're in the right place. Yeah. And and to go back to your question, because this all came up through, what about divorce? So Monica, this all came from the question that you had around divorce. And so what the reflection I'm having as I sit here listening to the two of you talk (laughs) is what Dominic is really referring, two things that Dominic's talking about. One is actually one asking for feedback. Mm. And I feel like guys were in such a performance mindset of everything has to be right. Everything has to be good. We often don't ask for feedback. And if someone gives us feedback, we figure out why it's wrong, right? Our ego Mm. is like, no, 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 I'm right. That's wrong. I'm doing things right. And so I think part of what we can do, and I, I can say this certainly from just being in a relationship, not even having to be married, when I ask for feedback and my feedback filters are down, I can receive the feedback, I can learn a lot. And that then leads us to some really great conversations. The type of conversations that Dominic is talking about, I question how many couples are having relationships like that because mm. there is vulnerability, because there is... Um, risk in having those kinds of conversations. So the two things that I wonder about when it comes to divorce and marriages are one, are people asking for feedback and really listening to it? Are they, and then taking it on board in not an egotistical way, right? Like taking it on board in their like soul. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are they really open to it? Are they taking it on? And then what are the, what are the ensuing conversations that happen from that? Mm. Cause I can tell you every time I get feedback, it doesn't initially feel good. It, initially no. <laughs> it hurts right here. Right? Yes. But then when we start to ask the question, like, well, where's the truth in this? Or what do I really want even? Then it becomes really beautiful. And I just wonder if people did communicate in that way more often, how many more relationships would be together? Yeah, I feel like it all comes down to a communication thing. If there is two people with fully open communication where they can create like a container for themselves where where they literally say, we're in a safe little bubble. I want us to both like bounce um, our needs and desires off each other with no judgment, no preconceived ideas. It's all coming from a place of love from that scenario, like the relationship could escalate. But if you just like, and also it's like timing of things. If you like try and tell a man something before he's going to bed, like maybe not the best idea, obviously, you know? Yeah. Or like first thing in the morning or when it's really hot outside, don't fucking tell me something. Um, (laughs) But yeah, with that open communication, like your whole dynamic could change because you'd also feel safe to say what's on your mind and not like, oh, I don't want to offend him or like he might get pissed off or whatever. Because a lot of women will sometimes say like, I want to tell him this, but like he's so stressed at work and I'm worried I'm going to say and it's going to piss him off more and then he's going to get angry. And if we created relationships where you were always free to speak your mind and people didn't initially just jump to like a fuck you conclusion, things would shift. And I feel like we also need to learn how to like leave work at work more. And when you're coming home to your relationship, also just like taking a breather for yourself. And whether that's like maybe like, for example, always giving your men 15 minutes to like decompress. And if you as well need 15 minutes to have a shower or have a bath or meditate or whatever when you come home before you come together so that you actually come together like for the best intention, not bringing your stress home and then bringing it into the relationship. Because that then kind of like sits in the aura of your relationship, which is fucking gross yeah yeah so something we talk to people often about at work is hey like don't leave like this whole idea of work-life balance is a joke mm. oh yeah like, we're yeah. humans yeah we bring our life i don't have any work-life work, balance and yeah oftentimes we bring our work to life i bring my work to bed 
<laughs> to bed. But it doesn't mean that we, because I, I love what you said, it doesn't mean that we can't, we don't have tools mm. to help process those things. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Amazing. Woo. Okay, let's wrap it up. So is there any last things that you guys want to say about anything that we talked about that's on your mind? Anything at all? I want to talk about, I want to foreshadow a little of what we're going to be doing in November together. Oh, yes. That's going to be really exciting at the event because for my visa people, I'm not talking, that's not my event. Um, oh. So at, at Whoop. the event. At the it's event. actually our event. It's our event then, right? Yeah. Great. Brian and Dom- <laughs> at Brian and Dominic's event in November. <laughs> we should do some work for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So we are going to be talking about, well, you guys are going to be talking about everything that turns you on about women being in their feminine. Oh. And I've, I know. And I've said to everybody like- How long is the event? I know. Right? Well, like- you guys could have as long as you 12 want. 12 days, perfect. That should be, that should be enough. <laughs> um, I've said to like all the women, like we're going to be having orgasms in our seats because even these conversations just like get me giddy. Um, so maybe let's give us like one taster of both of you say one thing that turns you on about women being in their feminine. Nice. Oh. Okay. And, and just so you all know, like my birthday is on November 7th. And on oh. November, so the two days before yeah. the event, at least the day before that we're coming in, and on the seventh, I'm doing a guided MDMA journey with a shaman, and it's all about like opening wow. up my heart and that kind of stuff. So you're getting me like two days raw after that, as fuck. real raw, yeah. Yum. yeah. So there's gonna be some shit. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited. That's gonna be awesome. All right. So one thing that turns me on about the feminine. Mm, there's something about a woman who's in the, the, the pleasure of her feminine that can transmit her pleasure to my body in a way that, like, men just can't do this. Like, I, I you cannot, can't do it on your own. I, right. Like, your masturbatory skills have not reached the level <laughs> of what the feminine can do for you. That's fair. <laughs> exactly. If I could see a woman just like eating a piece of chocolate cake that she loves or she's listening to music well, like and her body is moving. Peach. Oh, God. <laughs> Whatever, really. Bananas. Oh, we're doing. It, we're it doing. It literally a, sounds like anything. We're doing a sensual eating workshop of, of strawberries and like dipped in melted chocolate of like a sensual eating class. Maybe you guys need to like come and watch it. Holy shit! When when is that? I, I'll I'll send the itinerary to you. Are there cookies there? Because I'm a big cookie fan. Oh, there is. I we're don't getting, find it a sexual at all. But <laughs> he just wants the no, sugar. No, I do we're, like get, the we're getting Springbone. You guys know Springbone. Yeah, that's great. Springbone's catering the whole event. Cool. Oh, that's They're awesome. making all the chocolate, doing all the food. Bone broth on tap. Calyx is on arrival. It's. Avo toasts. They got avo toasts. Oh, that's saying. a good idea. Um, avo. We call it avo. Avo. <laughs> avo toast. It's going to be the, the most amazing event. What was your thing? Oh. I think, I think Dominic went sexual, and there's like a hundred things I, I could think about when, it, when, when I was think there about any other way the, to go. The feminine <laughs> in its sexuality is, is such a turn on. Um, the other thing that I, I find so attractive is when women, when women understand and let their intuition drive their behavior and mm. actions and don't downplay it, don't pretend it, it, it's crazy or doesn't exist. Because for me, it gives me a, a, a new feeling, a new sensation that I can't always. Actually, similar, Dominic, to what you're saying, not from a sexual standpoint, but from an intuitive feeling standpoint, this happened, this happened in Italy where, where my girlfriend felt like something was just a little bit off. Mm. 
And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't see that at all. Wow. So I realized what I'm blind to. I realized, like, mm. what else can be felt and how better decisions can be made. And so it's like a new data point, a new feeling, a new way to make decisions. Oh, my God. I think that's a huge turn on. Yeah. And like, what you were saying, uh, Monica, earlier about like needing a guy versus wanting a mm. guy. Like I love having a woman in my life because I so trust that instinct and intuition mm. that I just don't have on my own or haven't cultivated at the very least. Amazing. I feel like for um, the event, I should set up like a panel and I'll sit with you guys and then bounce things when they come through for me to like just keep the convo going of like questions when you guys ask like say the different things yeah. just so we dig like so fucking deep. I may fall off the chair. <laughs> Maybe we need like feet on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> feet on the floor rule. <laughs> I'm so excited. If your feet are not firmly planted on the floor, please do so yeah. now. At this for your own safety. <laughs> Buckle your yes. seatbelt. We are about to take off. Can we please make that the intro of our thing? You have to say that. Absolutely. I'm so excited. I'll be, I'll be pilot Brian. That sounds good. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So awesome seeing you again. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's been so much fun. And I'm still obsessed, obsessed with your apartment. If you guys see any really good apartments coming on the market, please let me know. Are you going to be buying here? No. Oh, got it. Yeah. I love Australia. I'm going back to Australia. Got it. Uh, yeah. I, I feel you. Picking up what you're I love the. I love the hate. I love the hate. <laughs> Was that an ep epic episode or what, ladies? I'm so fucking obsessed with those men. I, like, can't even describe it. I'm just so obsessed with men in general, actually. Like, they're just beautiful fucking creatures. Yeah. We all need to appreciate them a little bit more. Okay. Well, that is the, the second part of the episode. Um, if you are coming to New York, then you will meet them and you will get so much more of their deliciousness and if you're not coming to New York that is a real fucking shame because they are two incredible men and I'm really excited for them to be talking at the feminine as fuck event um all the details for that and the tickets are going to be in the description box um so make sure that you check it out and if you do have any questions about it or if you're unsure whether it's for you or like whether you're you know whether your issues are quote-unquote going to be so sorry whether your issues are going to be quote-unquote solved then make sure you send me an email or a DM um, and I'll be able to help you because obviously I want you to come knowing like this is going to change my life, not like a, you know, why the fuck did I do this or like, or you thinking it's not going to help you and then missing out and then afterwards being like, damn, that would have really helped me. So if you are even like thinking about it, send me a message. We can just chat and I can just help you kind of come to a resolution of whether it's for you or whether it's actually maybe not for you. And then the other last thing is that Queen Alchemy starts in just over a week. So if you have not booked in your discovery call or if you have booked in your discovery call, but you've been sitting on the fence since then, um, please make sure that you give me an answer if you are joining us um, as this is going to be the last round of queen alchemy for the year last round of any program for the year um, i am launching my witch wisdom program in november but that's like very different it's more like a fun like learn how to be witchy program not like a deep healing program and queen alchemy is very very deep um with lots of healing and lots of one-on-one -on -one time which is amazing and next year i don't think i'm gonna do as much one-on-one -on -one time um, in Queen Alchemy and the Mastermind. So if you're wanting that one-on-one -on -one support and time, I highly recommend that you get in touch with me about Queen Alchemy. 
Okay, have an incredible day, ladies. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode. I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful and I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it and I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are.